money, your taxes, your truck, and your road to success in the trucking industry. This is Trucking Business and Beyond, the show that puts the money where it belongs, back in your pocket. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking, and today is Destination Health. My co-host is Kim Cockerham. We're going to get to your calls in just a little bit. We'll take your calls and answer your questions about everything health. Fitness, nutrition, diet, exercise, lifestyle, supplements, training, disease, drugs, you name it. We'll talk about it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and ask the question. We've been lied to for decades and it's killing us. And yet the answer is simple. Eat real food and relax. It really is that easy. We're going to talk about that and so many more things today. Kim, welcome. Hi, Kevin. How are you? Good. Eat, eat real food and relax. How come we can still do it. do two or three hours of show you know, every week for three years when that's all there is to it? You know, as soon as you said that, I was just like, oh, I just love it because it, it truly is that simple. And I'm not good at both of those at all times. <laughs> you know, one can be better. Shifting in. But sometimes you just need to hear that reminder, you know. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, and obviously it isn't entirely that simple, but that's really what it comes down to. If you could eat real food 100% of the time and relax, just take life a little easier, not stress out so much, mm-hmm. health would be so much better. Um, unfortunately, mm-hmm. though, we've screwed up our health so bad in this country that it does require some fixing first. Now, the fixing is where things can start to get a little more complicated, but you know, once you get them fixed, if you stick with the good diet and the good lifestyle, it really is amazing. So one of the things I want to talk about today, we've talked about it many times before, but not enough. Um, you and I have worked with how many people now directly in, in our highway programs? A lot, right? I don't know oh, the God. number, but it's been a lot. Yeah, I wanna, yeah, yeah, 25, 30, I think. Yeah, and how many have we had take the NutriQ? Roughly. Over 2,000. Over 2,000. How many of those have we looked at where there's no digestive problems? Mm. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it blows me away how the percent. I'm saying, I'm thinking 90. Yeah, oh, yeah, at least. About yeah. everybody. Yeah. Easy. And, you know, it, it's no wonder... Um, the NTA puts such a big focus on digestion. And even if you look at the way the NutriQ is laid out and the way we're trained to address issues, it's laid out from left to right the way we read. And left on the chart is all digestion, upper, lower, you know, liver, gallbladder. It's all digestion. We always address it first. And we have to. Mm-hmm. Because as nutritional therapists, we know the body only needs one thing to be completely healthy. It just needs all the nutrients it's supposed to have. That, that's really it. That's mm-hmm. why, you know, this can be so simple. The problem comes in is if our digestion isn't working right, there's no way to get those nutrients to the body where they belong. So mm-hmm. you, you can eat the best diet in the world, which would be a great thing. 
And if you did it long enough, maybe your digestion would fix itself. I'm not sure. Um, but we know that we can jumpstart that whole process and work through all the digestive issues that could occur. And if we fix those, then everything else starts to fix itself because now the body's getting it, the nutrients it needs and our body is really an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I moved down here and I knew something was just off um, with my health, like, stand, you know, like standstill weight loss, just no energy. I, did, I blamed a lot of it. And a lot of it could be just the stress of moving and all that kind of stuff, too. And then that's when I searched out the doctor of Chinese medicine. And I wasn't sick. I just knew something was off. And she was the first person who um, first spoke with me about digestion and about that, like my digestion, something's holding it up that I'm not getting nutrients. And I had never heard that before in my life. And then, you know, and then we started all this and with NTA and it just all fell into place. And and I experienced that and, and we're seeing with people too, you don't have to be sick necessarily for years to be off. And also, we kind of get used to how we're feeling, you know, with, uh, with the digestion about maybe feeling bloated as you eat, that it's just the way it is and it it doesn't have to be the case so it made sense then when we saw so many people um that that's the first thing we deal with yeah there's so much to talk about this and you know for me this was a big thing digestive problems didn't start late in life for me a lot of times the Mm. the problems we have with our diet you know, shows up much later, our 40s. Certainly by the time mm-hmm. we're 50, people start complaining. And we've even gotten to the point where we just kind of brush it off and say, well, that's what happens when you get old. But that's not true. None of that has to happen right. just because we get old. We, we've just started to accept that, and it's not true. But for me, my digestive issues go back to, like, when I was four. I, I can remember kindergarten. Wow. Not I, I had to take grape juice with me to school because I couldn't drink milk. They thought it was a dairy intolerance. And certainly if I didn't drink milk, it was a little better. Um, by the time I was in fourth grade, I spent a week in the hospital going through tests. And I was diagnosed, and I don't even know if it was right, with colitis back then. Um, and put on a very restrictive diet, which I didn't stick to. I don't remember exactly mm-hmm. what it was. No fried foods, you know, a lot of fiber. Um, it probably would have helped had I stuck to it. I don't know if it would have been perfect, but I didn't. And I struggled with those kind of digestive issues most of my life. Um, probably today what we what would be described as IBD or IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. Not, you know, definitely a disease, but certainly a lot of symptoms. And as an adult, I I did start eating better. I started eating more, you know, real food that I prepared myself. And, and, you know, my diet wasn't a lot of processed food. Well, I guess it was. But, you know, meals, my mom cooked a lot. But for whatever reason, I had horrible digestive issues for a long time. And they got a little better as an adult. I realized fiber helped and some other things. But even then, it wasn't consistent. Now... Now that I understand what it's like to live with no digestive issues, it is so much better. Mm-hmm. And, and I can say now my diet is fixed. I, my digestion is fixed. I, I've done, I'm doing one more test today that I want to talk about, but I can almost guarantee I know what the results are going to be. I've done pretty high-level um, gut testing 
and I score extremely good on virtually every aspect of digestion now. And I can see it. I mean, I, I eat, I feel good, nothing really changes. Um, it, there's no discomfort. I, I even describe it as I don't even know I have a digestive system anymore, which is an amazing mm-hmm. thing. Well, you know what the other thing is that we used to do, and you said if you would have stayed on the diet, I and this I'm, maybe I'm talking personal myself, I always thought if you were on or off a diet, and you always looked at diet as being something, you know, deprived. Uh, deprivation. Yeah. Now, what I love, and I love our tribe is doing, and like you did, and that's why you experiences, is we're finding the diet lifestyle that is sustainable, healthy lifestyle that's sustainable, and this is just the way we eat and nourish our body, and it's so different thinking than what I, how I used to think. I always used to think it was on again, off again, you know, right. a period of time, and then go back, and that's, that's where we've gotten into trouble. Yeah. Yeah, you you know, that's a great point because we still do use what we call therapeutic diets where we target, you know, Mm -hmm. somebody's number one problem. We formulate a diet that will specifically address that problem. And once we solve the problem or fix it, then we tend to move back to, you know, we could say that that our primary way of eating long term is really low carb paleo. It's really a combination mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. two. It, it, it's a paleo or primal or ancestral type of diet that is customized for each, each person's carb tolerance. So there's no specific number. I, I, I know that I'm not very carb tolerant. I've done a bunch of testing on that. My own testing and you know lab testing and genetic testing that shows I, I'm not carb tolerant. I should stick with a very low-carb diet. Very low-carb for me is 50 to 60 grams of net carbs a day, most days. And if I don't feel as good as I want to feel, like maybe I don't have quite as much energy or I have a big project coming, or then I go really low-carb, like 30 to 40 grams a day, and my energy picks up, my thoughts get clearer. It's just, for me, it's just a little too restrictive to do that all the time. But I, I do cycle kind of in and out of that. And that's really what we're talking about. You know, use a therapeutic diet to target your biggest problems. Once those are fixed, move to that ancestral, primal kind of diet customized for you. That's the bio-individuality part. We're, uh, I've got lots more to say we're going to talk about that and a whole lot more when we get back. We'll also get to your calls and questions. Kevin Rutherford, this is Destination Health.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. Kim, there, there's so much to talk about in digestion. I, I feel like I could just do the whole show again. And, and a lot of this stuff I want to start talking about is, is somewhat new. We've done uh, two webinars on digestion. There was so much to cover. Um, and I continue to do research. I, the next course I'm going to create in Let's Truck University is going to be about digestion. But I'm also, you and I talked about this, I'm also really looking at, I'm not even sure how I want to do this, whether it's going to be a subscription service, whether it's going to be a, I'm not exactly sure, we're going to work on this though, but when we look at Mm -hmm. how you and I work with our um, two-on-one clients, we have them take the NutriQ, we do whatever testing their budget allows. You and I aren't big on testing, but we love the fit test. We, we help so many people with that one. We have a new test from the same company I want to talk about today. But w- then we take the, the NutriQ results. We take their fit test results. We start to customize a plan for them. Maybe it is a, a therapeutic diet, some supplements. Um, and then we, we're there with them. We answer all their questions. We tweak things. And we just keep working down the line until somebody says, okay, I feel great and I don't need to do this anymore. The problem that I always run into and that we're running into now is there's a limited amount of time to help people like that. You and I, I mean, we say it's a 30 minute call. Many times it ends up being an hour. We don't cut people off right Mm -hmm. at 30 minutes. And really the two of us right now with the way the program is set up, Doing three people a week is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It, 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 mm-hmm. So I, I'm thinking, you know, could we turn this into a live course kind of program where we keep creating new courses and we do a weekly call where it's more of a conference call, but we still address people's individual questions about their fit test, about their NutriQ, and then everybody learns from all of it rather mm-hmm. than being on a call with just one person getting that benefit. So that's something mm-hmm. I, I really want to work on. I think we could reach a lot more people, and I also think we could bring the price down um, because it's not a, just a one-on-one that's taking so much time. So we're going to talk about that and, and continue working on that. Yesterday, we we were working with a uh, client that their number one issue is blood sugar, which is really common. We deal with that a lot. Um, their A1C was almost nine, and at 10, you lose the ability mm-hmm. to drive. And they were on four different diabetic medications. And still their A1C is just barely passable. That's scary. And that tells us Mm -hmm. that the medical intervention on this doesn't work. People just continue to get worse and worse and have to be put on more and more drugs. And their numbers are still high. I mean, how many stories do we have where we took somebody with an A1C of eight or nine and with no drugs got them down to five? Right, with nutrition, with diet. Yeah. yeah. And I believe, if I remember correctly, I don't think they had talked with them about, the doctor never talked with them about diet. And no. I, I think that was the most, most number of um, 
um, medications we've seen somebody on. Yeah, so it, one of the things that it really made me do, I had to go research every one of these medications. I know mm-hmm. how most um, diabetic medications work, but there was one in here. I see the commercials for it all the time, mm-hmm. but I had to admit I didn't know how it worked. Um, I thought it was similar to, to you know a lot of the other drugs, but it isn't. It's called Victoza. I see commercials for it all the time. This is a crazy, crazy drug. It, it actually works three different ways to lower blood sugar, and one of them just kind of blew me away. Now, the, the, most of the diabetic drugs, one, they're either insulin. I mean, insulin, we know what it does. It helps move blood sugar out of the bloodstream into the cells. The problem with taking more and more insulin is no different than giving a heroin addict more and more heroin. It takes care of the symptoms, but it actually makes the problems get worse and worse. Insulin is why we gain weight. Insulin is why we get uh, all kinds of other problems, and yet we just keep giving people more and more insulin. Um, Metformin, which is a very common diabetic drug, usually the first one given, um, really just helps your pancreas release more insulin. That's how it works. But again, that's making the problem worse making the symptoms better, but making the problems worse. We have a new class, somewhat new class of diabetic drugs that actually force your kidneys to excrete the sugar through your urine. Um, Not a good idea at all. Causes all kinds of other problems, but yeah, it lowers blood sugar. Then I see Victoza, and I thought, oh, and we have a bunch of drugs that also um, act on the liver and stop the liver from um, converting proteins and other things back into sugars and glucose. Mm -hmm. So there's all kinds of, I mean, think about it. You're taking four different drugs. One of those drugs has three different mechanisms. I I can't imagine how this is screwing up our body. It's just... So I looked at one of these, and I thought, okay, I need to figure out how this one works. And it works in three different ways. One, like I just said, it stops your liver from making more sugar, helps the pancreas produce more insulin. So it's using both of those methods, and this is Victoza. And then its third method actually, and remember, we're talking about how important digestion is, And I'm going to preface this. Digestion is north to south. We've talked about this a lot. Starts in your brain. You have to be in the right state of mind. You have to chew your food properly. And then your stomach is the next stop. And if you screw up any step in digestion, every step after that is compromised. So the early steps are really, really important. The way our stomach works, we want really strong stomach acid. We talk about that all the time. We don't want food sitting in our stomach very long. We want it to move through quickly. In fact, we want it to move through our entire digestive system quickly because, and this is a visual I like to use, uh, if you were to take a typical meal, whatever you would eat, you know, protein, starch, carbohydrates, fat, whatever, throw all your food in a blender, blend it all up, Mm-hmm. and then stick it in a about a 100-degree oven or so, um, or stick it out in the sun on a really, really hot day, and, and then smell it after an hour or two. <laughs> yeah, it gets really, really nasty. And, and that's what's happening if it sits in your stomach. Yep. We, we don't want that happening. 
But guess what Victoza does to lower blood sugar? You know this. We talked about it yesterday. Yeah. It, yeah, it, yeah. It makes the food stay in your stomach longer mm-hmm. so that it doesn't spike your blood sugar. Yeah. Isn't crazy. that crazy? <sighs> Unbelievable. Yeah. And and I could spend... It's interesting. Oh, go ahead. Well, when you... It's interesting when you when you back up and look, and that's the thing, you know, when people are, are going to the doctor and that, you know, they and we do, we, we trust them to give us what we need to bring sugar down and so forth. But then when you look at what, and that's the first thing you go do, what does this medication actually do that they're thinking is going to solve that problem? But then, and that's what you got to look at, you know, is it? And, and that's exactly what all the, you know, just really correlated back to the symptoms, the other issues, the symptom burden graph. It was insane. I could spend the next three hours talking about all the problems caused by slowing down digestion. I, I can't believe this is what we do. And ultimately, I don't believe it helps anything because you haven't lowered the the insulin response by s- slowing things down all you've done is spread it out you're still consuming the same amount of sugars and carbohydrates you're still going to have that same insulin response it's just going to be slower but but we're we're this one just made me a little crazy um so you know we're we're going to put a, another big focus on digestion and there's two things i want to talk about today um with digestion was it two or three Two, um, I remember this being mentioned in the uh, NTA courses, but we didn't get into it deep. And I, I remember thinking, I'm going to go do a little research on that. And then I forgot all about it. And I happened to read a great article this morning by Mark Sisson. And it was about digestive bitters. Oh, yeah. I've never, I've always wanted to, we brought that up in class at the workshop. And I've never backed up to go look at them and um, even try them. But we have a lot of lot of NTCs, NTPs that use them. I, I remember I did the same thing you did. I remember it being talked about, thinking I should go look mm-hmm. at this, and then never did. Yep. <laughs> I, I did the same yeah. thing. So I'm looking at them now, and I'm interested. So we're going to talk about that cool. when Thanks. we get back. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rothford. This is Destination Health.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. So, Kim, I I started, and and I'm going to continue. I'm doing some research on digestive bitters. It's a really, really interesting topic. Uh, Mark Sisson's article was really good, the, the science behind it. And again, here's something that goes back centuries that people did, Mm -hmm. and they had no idea the science behind it, but they knew it worked. Now we look at the science, and it is crazy complicated science, but it proves they did this because it works. They got results. And and basically Mm -hmm. what we're talking about are there are food compounds that are bitter. And traditionally, we avoid bitter foods because it was usually a sign of something that was toxic or poisonous. So bitter turned out to be more of a warning sign for us. But not all bitter foods are toxic or poisonous, but a lot are. So we tend to stay away from bitter foods, and that's how we evolved. But we also learned that there are are bitter foods that are really, really helpful to digestion. We have all these receptors through our entire digestive system that respond the minute these bitter tastes hit our tongue. And what they do is they rev up our entire digestive system in a good way. The pancreas starts releasing um, more bile. The liver, not the pancreas, the liver and the gallbladder start releasing more bile. And it makes our bile healthier and flow better. And the pancreas releases more enzymes. The stomach releases more stomach acid. And all the way down the line, just from these bitter tastes hitting our tongue. So a lot of the before or after dinner alcohol drinks were, they would use bitters in them. And they're even called uh, digestives. Or, I always say this word wrong, a, a Apoteryphs, I'm not sure how you say that word. Um, so if you drank it before the meal, I think it's referred to as a, an apoteryph, if I'm even pronouncing that right. And afterwards, it's referred to as a digestive. But this was all about helping our digestion. And most of the bitters are, are extracted with alcohol. And that's why we would mix them in a cocktail. In fact, a true cocktail the original mm-hmm. word had to have bitters in it to be a cocktail. And it wasn't really about getting drunk. It was about helping digestion. And alcohol was one of the easier ways to extract it. But we now know, and I'm looking at a company that does pure organic, non-alcoholic bitters. And they're meant just for digestion. You just take a couple drops, um, either right before a meal or during or right after. And it's a really natural way Um, What I'm looking at it for is now that my digestion is fixed, I don't take digestive supplements with every meal anymore. But occasionally, I know I'm either going to eat a big meal or it's going to have a lot of protein and I, I know it doesn't digest quite as well. It's a little slower. And many times I'll just grab some hydrochloric acid and take that and it usually works. Or the other thing I found... Some days, and I, I'll bet it's stress-related, I eat a meal and it just doesn't want to digest, and I can feel it. Uh, and again, I'll reach for the hydrochloric acid, maybe some enzymes. 
I think a, a good organic natural bitter at that point would be better than the supplements. So that's really what I'm looking at is using the bitters. Um, and maybe we'll come up with some protocols. You know, if somebody's digestion isn't horrible, yeah. maybe we use bitters instead of the enzy- or the supplements and the enzymes. But I'm looking at it more of ongoing, a, a more natural way, not every day, not every meal, but just some of those times where you feel like you need a little digestive help. Yeah, that'll be, that's great. I'm glad we're venturing into this because it's just, um, like, yeah, like you said, in the, in the back of our mind um, that you had to dive into. And I think this is a really good compliment to, especially for people that have been working so hard on it. Like you, like you said, Tita, have it in place of maybe, you know, some HCL. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So then the other thing I want to talk about, we are almost ready to release this in the store. We're not quite there yet. Um, could be within the next week or even less, so we'll keep you updated. But we now have access to the single most accurate test for leaky gut. We talk about leaky gut all the time. Um, we can usually pick out somebody who has it based on their symptoms. And for the most part, everybody has it to some extent. But without you know expensive testing, sometimes it's hard to know for sure. Now we have a simple at-home test that's extremely accurate for leaky gut. And it's the same company we get our fit test through. Um, In fact, it's the same kit. It just comes with different paperwork because it's just uh, poke your finger, put the blood on the card, send it back to them. And what what they're testing for is something called zonulin. And I, I... I've done a ton of research on zonulin. There just wasn't a good, easy home test for it. Now there is. Zonulin is a protein in our body that controls the, the, the gut barrier. So the, the interesting thing about our intestines is we want the nutrients to get through the barrier, but we don't want stray proteins and viruses and bacteria and all that other stuff, food particles. We don't want those to get through. So zonulin is kind of like the gatekeeper. It's kind of like, uh, you know, a row of soldiers standing there checking credentials, letting some people through and not letting other people through. Zonulin is kind of what can open up the gate. And we only want it to open when it's supposed to. But if we get too much zonulin, then the gates get bigger and they stay open and everything gets through. And that's really what we call leaky gut. And then the problems caused by leaky gut are all, I mean, it's virtually every autoimmune disease has a leaky gut component. Celiac, obviously, um, all gluten sensitivity type 1 diabetes, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, multiple sclerosis, arthritis, asthma, IBD. I I could go on and on and on of all the problems caused by leaky gut. And now we have a nice, simple test you do at home, and we have our leaky gut kit. So I I feel like we have got this whole issue completely covered now. That is, is so great. I'm so excited for this. And that, like you and I were talking yesterday too, and it just there, our list keeps growing of things we want to do and stuff. And we were talking about even maybe getting the doctor on from KBMO to talk about it even more because it, it's just 
it's just so exciting, and it's um, we're seeing people, even with the fit test, you know, with the different things that immediately when they get rid of the everything, they start healing up fast. This just takes it to a whole new level. It, it really does. It helps us really target. Um, you know, do you really need the full leaky gut protocol? Do you just need a little bit of help? Uh, because when we fix leaky gut, a lot of other things start to get a lot better. So I, I love the fact that now we have this simple test to identify where you are. We'll match that up to the NutriQ, and it gives us one more tool to really troubleshoot and shorten this time down that it takes us. Instead of trial and error, now we can know for sure. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, I, uh, I did my zonulin test. I'm getting ready to put it in the mail today. I am fully expecting that my zonulin levels will be very low. I, I don't believe I have any leaky yeah. gut at all anymore. Yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. How's your other testing going? Um, the, one that, the monthly one. Uh, you know, I should With be getting, yeah, everything. you know, we, we only, the, the program I had, which was a thousand dollars a year. Now I, I, I'm in the program all year. I get recommendations every month and, but I only test twice. If you wanted to test four times, it was almost double the cost. So I just, oh, okay. yeah. I so I should be getting my second test sometime soon because I think it's been almost six months since I took the first one. So, um, okay. and I scored really well on my first one, which was good. I scored, you know, very high metabolically. I store, scored good on, uh, you know, a good balance of gut bacteria. I, I was in the good zone on every test they did, but there was a little room for improvement. So I, I'm, I'm hoping that my next one gets even better and that will kind of prove some of the things I've been doing in the background. It's some different probiotics once in a while and um, more so different probiotic foods. So we're going to see if we get any improvement in that and uh, hopefully we'll be doing that soon. I've got to get to a break. We're going to come back. We do have one more segment. We're going to dedicate that segment to your questions. We'll do that right after this. Stick around. Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim's here with me. We're going to get right to your phone calls. Let's go to Michigan. David, welcome to the program. Yeah, Kevin. Hi. How are you today? Doing great. What's on your mind? 
Okay, I've got a, a lot of things, so I'll try to be as quick as I can. Uh, my number one issue right today is um, I do suffer from hair loss, um, and I've been on a, a hair regrowth program now. I've been doing laser hair therapy for about a year, and it is about a year-long program. Uh, and my hair hasn't been grown back as quickly as it has worked a little bit, but I wish it was working better. Do you have any supplements or any kind of food that might be good for regrowing hair? I, I don't. And I, I, I don't know if this is something I want to go do any research on or not. I've thought about it. I lost most of mine. Um, so now I, I've been shaving my head for about 20 years uh, because I started losing hair <laughs> and getting the widow's peak in my early 20s. Now, what we do know, and this is one of the reasons I'm not sure if I want to change this or not. This is basically what, what's referred to as male pattern baldness, and it's actually tied to higher levels of testosterone. Well, higher levels of testosterone in a lot of ways can be a good thing. Testosterone is, is what helps us build muscle, helps us um, stay energized. Uh, there, there's all ki- I mean, we even have men who are, are now going on testosterone therapy, which I think is a really bad idea. But if our own body is producing amounts of testosterone that cause our hair to fall out, and from everything I can gather, that's a natural process. I'm not sure why. Uh, most things there's a reason for, but I, I don't know what the reason for this is. But I'm not sure if I want to reverse it or not. So I haven't really done any research okay. into it. And, and honestly, I don't think there are any really good natural ways of doing this. I think if this is something that's important oh. to you, you probably do have to do some of the, um, you know, kind of things you're doing. But it, it's, it's always been on my list. I just haven't ever got around to really digging down into it. Okay. And my next thing is um, aneurysms. Aneurysms run in my family. My father has one, and uh, his brother, my uncle, has one. And is there anything that I might be able to do? Um, I'm 52 years old, and I haven't been diagnosed with anything yet. I'd like to keep it that way. Any suggestions? Yeah. Um, the, the good type of ancestral paleo-primal diet we're talking about. Uh, most of uh, Most of the um, and we're talking about brain aneurysms, right? Um, well, it's not, wasn't in, it's not in the brain. It's down in the, uh, I think it's the abdominal area or something like that. Uh, I'm not, I'm not really up on aneurysms, I, uh, but I know that they're not, my uncle just had an operation. They put a stint in, I think. Okay. So they didn't put a stint in his brain. You know, <laughs> uh, and that's really why I, I was. Think it was a... That's really why I was asking because um, most, well, not most, but a lot of uh, aneurysms are in the brain. So, but there are abdom- what are called abdominal aneurysms, um, and that's probably what you are talking about. So that would be yeah. a. a Probably different. Most of the stuff that happens in our brain we now know has to do with the high sugar consumption in our diet. Um, that's why um, 
Alzheimer's is now being called type 3 diabetes. So I, 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 I'm not really up on abdominal aneurysms. Again, that's something I'd have to go do some research on. Okay. I, um, all right, that sounds, that's fine. Now, what I can tell you, it has more to do with your heart, actually, than your, your abdomen. It, it's in your abdomen, but it's in the, um, it's actually the aorta of the heart, but we call it an abdominal aneurysm. And it's a weak or bulging part of the aorta that can burst. And that would be really dangerous. It right, could kill right. You. Yeah. Um, well, I've, I've already, I've listened to wheat belly and grain brain, and I've taken a lot of steps in my diet, get, trying to get rid of uh, as much wheat as I possibly can and grains. I'm not there completely yet. Okay, I, I like my microwave popcorn. I, I can't. I have to admit that, but I've been really limiting that type of stuff. Um, I, I think I've been doing a pretty good job. Um, is this just something that, uh, hey, do the best you can on your diet and hope for the best? Well, it's absolutely. I have to look forward to it. Absolutely. I mean, there's nothing. I, just good diet and nutrition, honestly, is what fix everything. So that that's our answer is always going to come back to that. Now, there are certain things we can target with supplements or food. This isn't one of them. I mean, I, I don't know other okay. than, you know, a good, clean diet and staying away from things like statins and that kind of stuff. But, uh, it, yeah, I would put my faith in a good, clean diet. Okay. Now, I've always been um, – I've talked to you a few different times, and uh, I've always been kind of um, – I wanted to make sure I had enough vitamins in my diet because I don't eat a lot of food since I started the Bulletproof Coffee. It really suppresses my appetite, and uh, I don't find myself really eating anything until maybe 2, 3 in the afternoon. And um, so I, I'm going I'm going probably 6, 7 hours without eating anything, just my Bulletproof Coffee. And um, uh, you have me on... And Tenzyme Forte and the Beta Plus, I called last week because I have really dry feet. Right. And you put me on those two things. And I just got those. I ordered them. I got them. And um, a lot of the supplements, one of those, uh, says you should take with meals. Uh, because I'm not actually eating anything until the middle of the afternoon usually, does, are, does that mean I should just not even touch it until the middle of the afternoon? Or should I just take one of those uh, in the morning with my well, bulletproof coffee. Well, two things. First off, um, what time do you go to bed at night normally? Just give me a rough idea. Uh, anywhere's between anywhere's between eleven and uh, midnight thirty. Okay. Yeah. So about an hour and a half. Span. So really, if you think about it, you just said I'm not eating for seven or eight hours you're not eating for more like 15 hours because you got to count the time we're okay, sleeping. Okay, yeah, I understand. Yeah, which is a good thing. This is actually what's called intermittent fasting. You, every day you go right. 15 hours without eating. That's a really good thing. There are a ton of benefits so to sure. intermittent fasting. But to answer your question, yes, you can take your digestive enzymes and supplements with Bulletproof Coffee because think about it. That, that coffee's loaded with fat and protein. Okay. Now, um, we had also uh, 
with one of our past discussions, you had talked about, because I don't like to eat organ meat, and you always go on about you can get a lot of good vitamins out of organ meat and stuff. Well, I said, you know, Kevin, I, I, I don't think I can do organ meat. Uh, you mentioned organ meat supplements. Can you give me some resources because I'm interested in the organ meat supplements? Um, yeah, we were trying to carry one. There's one on the market that I really like, and it's by a company we already work with. The problem is they don't have enough of a margin in this product to be able to sell it to us wholesale. You know, we'd like to buy it wholesale. Can I just order from their website? You can. And, and it's Paleo Valley. It's the company that makes our, our awesome beef sticks that we have in our store. They make a, uh, right. a supplement called Organ Complex. So I think it's liver, right. pancreas, brain, heart. Um, and, and basically what they do is they take the real organ meats. They'll take liver and heart. And they they desiccate it, so they dry it at a very low temperature, so it doesn't kill all the enzymes and the nutrients, and and then they put it in a capsule. So you, you, you could go buy desiccated liver and and those at any health food store, but I really like Paleo Valley's because it's a multi organ complex. It's just a capsule. And what kind of vitamins can I get out of those supplements? Oh, boy, you, you name it. I mean, there, there is so much nutrition in a supplement like that. Um, they're, they're loaded. I mean, very high in uh, vitamin D, vitamin A. Uh, again, I could go on and on, especially in their organ complex because it's multiple <laughs> organs that they use. Unfortunately, I'm all out of time. Uh, I'm going to check with Paleo Valley again and see if maybe something's changed and we can get that in our store. Because uh, that is a, a supplement that I will take once in a while if I haven't been eating enough organ meats. We are all out of time. We'll do this again real soon. Thanks for joining us. Check out the website. I will have an announcement on the next show about our Zonulin test. It happened faster than I thought it would. So... Tune in for the next show and also check the website. You'll see it on there as well. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rothbard. All right, we're going to do a second hour. We're going to get to a lot more of your calls and questions. So hang on. Here we go. Your money, your taxes, your truck, and your road to success in the trucking industry. This is Trucking Business and Beyond, the show that puts the money where it belongs, back in your pocket. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is Let'sTruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking, and today is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. We'll take your calls and answer your questions about everything health, fitness, 
diet, nutrition, lifestyle, exercise, training, disease, drugs, supplements, you name it. We'll talk about it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and call. We've been lied to for decades. It's killing us. It's killing our kids. And the answer is real food and relax. Um, Obviously, there's more than that, but that's a big part of it, and we're going to help you do that on the road. So, Kim, welcome. Glad to be here, Kevin. So uh, last show, we, we, it, we've we talked about this a lot, but we're going to talk about mm-hmm. it a lot more. How We talked about digestion, how critically important it is, how just about everybody's is screwed up. I mean, it, it's just so common now. Uh, and the good news is it can be fixed, and we're getting better and better at it. And, and I say we, and a lot of it is the kind of the functional medicine community is getting better at it. We're getting better testing getting better supplements we're learning more about foods we've done a lot with our fit test which is the uh, food inflammation um, test where we're looking for foods that people are reacting negatively to we help them eliminate those foods we fix their gut many times you can go back to some of those foods some you can't ever go back to Um, a lot of them you can but we have to fix the digestive tract first And one of the things we have to fix is what's called leaky gut. And leaky gut causes all kinds of problems. Um, The problem is diagnosing it has always been difficult. So most of the time, we would diagnose it by symptoms alone. And sometimes we're right, sometimes we're not so right. We got to, you know, tweak and use trial and error. Um, but that was still better than sending people to doctors for expensive testing. I, I mentioned this on the last show, but we actually finalized this, and it's in the store already. That's how amazing our team is. Um, we have a new test by the same company that does our fit test, which we, we love them. And the new test is it's called a Zonulin test. And Zonulin is the single most accurate um, method of looking for leaky gut because the protein zonulin is what opens the gates of of our intestines and and should let the good stuff through keep the bad stuff out but if we have too much zonulin then the the gaps get bigger and things get through that aren't supposed to get through and that's what causes all the problems now we have a simple home test so we ship the kit out to you, you poke your finger, put a little blood on the card, fill out the paperwork, send it back. Simple as that. Don't need a doctor, you don't need to leave your house, and it's very, very accurate. And we now have the Zonulin test, it's already up and in our store, and this is a fairly inexpensive test as testing goes, it's $300. And it's a really, really quick and accurate way to know if you do have leaky gut or not, and then we can target that with our leaky gut kit. That's awesome. Um, and how does, this, how does this go along with the fit test too? So it's interesting. If we really wanted to, to shortcut this whole process of fixing our digestion, we would take the fit test because we have to We have to eliminate the foods that are causing the problems, and that's what the FIT test does. Then if we take the zonulin test, we know what extent of leaky gut we have. This isn't a yes or no. 
This is more of a degree. The lower your zonulin levels, the less leaky gut you have, or maybe none, the higher they go, the worse it becomes. So you and I could look at the results of a zonulin test and know um, virtually everybody has some leaky gut. So then we've taken the fit test, we've eliminated those foods, so we're not causing the problem anymore. And now with the zonulin test, we can see how bad the problem is and what we need to do to fix it without the trial and error. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, I'm excited that we are getting more and more home testing. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it's we don't have to rely on a doctor who is probably going to prescribe us some drug anyway. Um, So we don't have the cost of going to the doctor, the time, the trouble, you know, only to be prescribed a drug that really isn't going to fix the problem anyway. Now we can do these tests at home, which, uh, again, Mm -hmm. I'm looking at multiple other tests. uh, But this is a, a really important test that will help us shortcut that digestive healing so we can uh, get people feeling a whole lot better. Yeah, very exciting. This, like you said, along with the food tolerance, once we um, people identify those and get them out, that's when the healing really begins. Yeah, and, and once we fix digestion, then all the other problems start fixing themselves. You know, if the diet's right, then blood sugar starts to fix itself, hormones start to rebalance, pain and inflammation goes away. We get better energy levels. You know, we're, we're not fighting just the digestive symptoms themselves, which are, you know, uncomfortable and certainly inconvenient. So one more tool in the arsenal that I'm very excited about. And, and this is new. KBMO, the, the lab we work with, just released this recently, and we've already got it in the store. That's so great. Yep. <laughs> and they're great to work with. They are. Uh, just a great partnership. They are. And I, I've got my test um, getting ready to mail it in. And uh, I'm predicting that I'm going to be on very, very mm-hmm. low on the scale of zonulin because I, I don't believe that I have really any leaky gut going on anymore at all. That's great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, so uh, we'll be talking about that when I get my results back. But if you think you have leaky gut, you probably do. Virtually everybody has some level of it. Um, head on over to the store. We've got the uh, the test in there. We also have the leaky gut kit, which people absolutely love. It's got the Atron Teal, the bone broth, the IPS, the probiotics. We put it all in one kit. It's cheaper that way. It's easy. You don't have to know what to order. Get the kit. It's been working great. All right. What? Uh, anything you've got today, or should we get some phone calls? Um, just real quick, we just before, so I don't forget before the end of the show, we have another announcement that next week we're going to have a guest on the show. Jamie McDonald's going to be on. Oh, that's show, right. I think the first part of the first hour. That's yep, right. Yep, the adventure. Um, and just really cool because he's somebody that came from, you know, very sick when he was a child. And so now he does a lot of this to um, raise money for um, returning to the hospital, uh, the, for children and so forth. Um, and what's cool is it was one of our tribe friends that sent, sent it to us, Nigel, sent him to us. And um, the lady who I've been talking with said, I mean, because he's out there on the road all the time, he has met tons of 
drivers out there that have been supportive. So it's kind of, you know, it'd be kind of cool, you know, that because maybe somebody else has run into him on some of his adventure, uh, adventures across the country. And so we're going to bring him to everybody. Yeah. Looking forward to that. That's, that's exciting. Let's, uh, let's go to some phone calls. Let's head off to Michigan. Gary, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Kim. What's up? I'm just curious, um, about uh, psoriasis, you know, by changing your diet, will the psoriasis ever go completely away? I know it subsided substantially, but will it eventually go away completely? Well, when you say change your diet, if you change your diet to the right diet, it will. If we're eating all the right foods yeah. and we're getting... Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I've been on ketogenic for uh, over two years. Well, and that's where I want to clarify. You can eat a really unhealthy ketogenic okay. diet. I, I Literally, I, I could eat, you know, bacon and sausage and, you know, meat, and it would be very ketogenic. Um, I could eat really, really poor quality fats. It would still be very ketogenic, and it might fix some things. It'll fix blood sugar issues, but there's a lot of other stuff a ketogenic diet isn't going to fix if it's not a nutrient-dense ketogenic diet that's the key and that's why we talk about nutrient dense keto not just keto so yes it this is diet related and psoriasis can be completely eliminated with the right nutrition but just saying uh, i'm on a keto diet will it go away uh maybe not probably not but if it's a true nutrient dense keto and we're getting all the proper nutrition and because we're talking about digestion, remember, you could be on a keto diet for five years, but if you don't ever fix digestion, you're not getting all the nutrition. We'll, uh, we'll come back to that right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. We're talking with Gary. So, Gary, nutrient-dense is the key, but this is good timing because of what we've been talking about on the last shows, last couple of shows. Do you know what the number one cause of psoriasis is? Leaky gut. It is. It's leaky gut. 
Psoriasis is an autoimmune condition. It's an overactive immune system that's attacking the skin cells, and leaky gut is what causes autoimmune. A couple other things you could be looking at. Um, you might want to have your vitamin D levels tested. Uh, most people are very, very low in vitamin D, and uh, vitamin D deficiency will make this worse, and poor liver function. So if you're not taking a supplement for liver function like a, um, uh, a beta plus or a beta TCP, you may want to supplement with those for a while. But if you haven't done our leaky gut kit, I would highly recommend it. Or you might want to do the zonulin test first to verify it, but there's a really good chance if you still have some psoriasis, you still have some leaky gut. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was calling in for somebody else, but... Oh, got it. Okay, well, let them know that. <laughs> All right, will do. All right, thanks for the call. Interesting, huh, Kim? Yeah. How, how, how many people... Really I'm going to just... Go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I had a lady that emailed in this morning that um, she kind of put off getting leaky gut kit at first because I think it's up in Canada, Um but got it because she needs me to help, and she wrote back in and because she said she didn't feel it was pertinent at the time, but she had um, watery eye conditions going on, and she had um, rash on her um, rashes, and so she was taking allergy medications. She's done the leaky. She's doing the leaky gut kit. Her all of it has stopped. She sent pictures of her skin clearing up. Um, and with the diet and the doing the leaky gut kit and so forth, that the difference, um, blood pressure's dropped a little. She's lost seven pounds. The rash is getting clear. And um, that's been within just a couple weeks. Crazy. That, that gives me goosebumps. I mean, it, it just does that, know. you know, so many things that they're uncomfortable, they're inconvenient, they make our life miserable. And sometimes it can be such a simple fix. And, and, you know, the mm-hmm. more and more we learn about leaky gut and the digestive system, it's why I'm going to double down on my focus on digestion. I'm going to create some courses on this. We're going to talk about it more because this is really changing people's lives. And, you know, our leaky gut kit mm-hmm. seems pretty simple, but those are amazing results. Mm-hmm. Yeah, truly. Yeah, and, and the conventional treatments for all of these are just horrendous. I mean, some of the things they put people on, um, you know, with with psoriasis, which, you know, isn't life-threatening, but it's certainly inconvenient. And most of the conventional therapy, uh, the side effects are horrendous. So um, it, it's mm-hmm. interesting to know that fix your leaky gut and a lot of this stuff just goes away on its own. Yeah. Yep. All right. Good stuff. Let's uh, let's talk to Denise in Tennessee. Welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin, and I love your bulletproof coffee. Oh, good. Me too. It's a lifesaver for me, and I've even got my mother trying it. My mother still can't wrap her head around the fact that she's not hungry. I I know. Does my mom use? My mom's home alone while I'm out here working, and she normally grabs whenever she feels like it, because she really don't like to cook just for herself. Right. And now that she's got the bulletproof coffee, she's not hungry. She's just looking forward to what else is ahead so she can lose some weight, because she is definitely obese. 
Well, good. This is but this is I've going to help her. Of, I've heard a lot about what I'm not supposed to eat. I'd like to know what I can eat and how do I determine how much protein, fat, and carbs my body can take. Okay, so let's start with the easy stuff. I don't want to get into too many complicated formulas or, you know, make this harder than it needs to be. Let's talk about what you can eat because I'd love to focus on the positive side of things. Really, I, I'd like to break this down into three groups. Most of, most of what we eat should be a meat, a vegetable, or a good high-quality fat. That's really it. If you focus on those three groups and you focus on quality, you have got 99% of this taken care of, and we don't need to get too complicated. You don't need to track much. If you look at every time I sit down to eat, the food I'm about to eat, is it a meat? The higher quality, the better. So local grass-fed is about as good as it's going to get, or wild game. Um, is, Is it a meat? Is it a vegetable? And am I adding plenty of good fat? And, and that should be most of your meals. That That's pretty simple, isn't it? Yeah, it's simple, but you know as well as I do what truck stop food is. Well, yes, and I do. And that's mostly but... what I've got access to. I wanted to try to find something that I could put in my truck and eat out of my truck. That way I know exactly what's going in my mouth. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, it requires a little more work at home, and I'm, I'm actually working on a course to show people how to do this, but we've talked about how healthy fermented vegetables are, and if we ferment vegetables, then they don't need refrigeration. They will last on our truck for several weeks without refrigeration. Um, their fermented vegetables are actually better than fresh. All the enzymes are still intact, plus we have all the good probiotics. And that's something, if we do a little bit of work at home, it's much easier to carry those then on the truck with us and have access to basically better than fresh vegetables. And the other thing I've been experimenting with is home pressure canning meat. And we can do this with beef, chicken, pork, turkey. um, And you spend a little bit of time at home pressure cooking and pressure canning meat and then that way we can buy local we can buy organic we can buy grass-fed we can buy very high quality meat and now once it's pressure canned we don't need to refrigerate it it literally has a shelf life of years now so if you if you get into the habit of pressure canning and we can also pressure can complete meals like soups and stews so now we could take something like soups or chili pressure can it at home so we use really high quality ingredients there's no junk there's no preservatives and it now has a shelf life of five years or more so now again because we want to eat mostly meat vegetables and high quality fat High-quality fats don't need to be refrigerated. We can carry those on the truck easily. Now we have a way to carry meat and vegetables with no refrigeration needed. That would work great because I've got a shoebox for a refrigerator. Yeah, and that's always a problem on the trucks. No freezer space, very, very limited refrigerator space. And, And even... 
you know, if you're going to be gone two or three weeks at a time, a lot of things aren't even going to last in the refrigerator. I mean, you can't pre-cook a lot of meat and stick it in the refrigerator because it's only good for a couple days. So this this idea that, you know, hasn't been very common, but I'd like to see a lot more people start doing it. Now we can carry virtually every food we need right on the truck with no refrigeration at all. Well, that'll work. I've heard a lot about dairy. Some say, some say eat it, some say don't. I love my milk. It's the, really the only thing I drink just before I go to bed. That way I don't wake up hungry. And then I have my bulletproof coffee and I'm fine. You know, milk is one of the more controversial. Dairy itself is one of the more controversial. Technically, it's not paleo. It's not primal. We didn't start drinking milk or or consuming dairy products until about 10,000 years ago or so. But it can also be nutritious. Um, And this is why it's so controversial, because some people handle it okay. Some people don't tolerate it well at all. I I would recommend, if you're drinking a lot of dairy, that you take the fit test. And that way we can find out if you are reacting to it negatively or not. And then we can, one, we could do some gut healing, and you could go back and try it again. Or we can look at other forms of dairy. I'm a big believer that if you can get raw milk, you should be drinking raw milk. It is so much better than pasteurized and homogenized. Um, A lot of people are a little freaked out about it or they don't have access to it, but if you can get raw milk, I would highly recommend it. Um, You can also get raw milk cheeses. Um, So... Dairy's a, a little more uh, complicated of an issue. In fact, I could probably do a whole course on dairy alone. Uh, I've got to get to a break. We're going to come back and get to more of your calls and questions right after this. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. Kim, I just took a look at those pictures you sent over. We were talking about <laughs> leaky gut and skin conditions. Those pictures are amazing. Incredible. Incredible. Wow. What yeah. a difference. And mm-hmm. it, it sounds like 
that wasn't why she was doing the leaky gut kit, and she was surprised mm-hmm. by by what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. She didn't really put the two together. You know, that's why she didn't think it tied to it, and um, you know, taking medication for it, and you realize what good nutrition and healing your gut can do. Wow! Quickly. Yeah, that's incredible. I love seeing results like that. Let's uh, let's go to the phones. Let's go to Georgia. Daniel, welcome to the program. How you doing, Kevin? Good. What's on your mind? Uh, well, a couple things. Uh, usually, guys are just talking about the, the canning and, and putting the fermentation stuff on the truck and what have you. With the uh, complete opposite direction, um, I have a refrigerator on the truck, but then I installed a mini freezer, and they are kind of hard to find, but if you can find one, uh, that's what I did. Okay, and, well, good. Uh, so I bought a bunch of fish, chicken, steak, hamburger, bacon, whatever, uh, good things, and uh, cooked them, and then <clears throat> uh, put them in a food saver, and food saved them, whatever that process is, and then put them in the freezer, and it works fine. That That's perfect. In fact, I'll tell you, I do that at home. Um, obviously, I have the advantage when you're at home. Yeah, you can have all kinds of freezer space. I have two giant freezers, um, you know, in my garage plus the one right. in the kitchen. And I pre-cook almost all of my protein. What I found with protein is pre-cooking it and freezing it really doesn't change the quality, the texture, the taste. So I'll, I will pre-cook 10 pounds of ground beef and then package it in one pound, just like you did Food Saver, but I have like a commercial-grade uh, vacuum sealer, and I'll do you know pre-cooked beef, chicken, pork, turkey, sausage, all kinds of things, and vacuum pack them and throw them in the freezer, and that way when it's time to make a meal, it is just quick and easy because the protein's already cooked. Yep. Uh, well, I also did a, uh, the... Um like a portion size. So each one, there's like, you know, it might be 10, you know, like five pounds of, let's say, you know, steak or what have you, but it's, it's divided up to 15, 16 different, different meals, you know? Yeah. So that yeah. works out perfectly. Just throw it in the microwave and then yep. eat it and you're done with it. Yeah. Uh, but the fermentation thing, I, 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 <laughs> I learned that on the road on a process. So I fermented cabbage and some other things on the road and it turned out very well. But the issue I was having was with keeping it down when the truck's moving, vibration and everything else. Um, you know, the weights don't work too well because they kind of, the, the uh, whatever you're fermenting will, will seep up onto the top. The, you know, covering with cabbage doesn't work too well sometimes. So what I did is I took a cheesecloth and uh, took the little decoration beads, the little glass decoration beads, and made a kind of like a, a sack, and just put it right on top there. There, the it pushes air, water still is able to come up through it, and it creates a, a perfect seal. That's a great idea. So if anybody else, Mike, boy, you, yeah, if everybody wants to do that on the road, you know, fermentation is becoming a big thing, and I see all kinds of new lids and new weights and new devices. You you might even have a marketable product on your hands there. That's a great idea. Well, there you go. I don't think I have time for that, but uh, <laughs> it, it works. And it was very, it was hard to find the cheesecloth, but I actually did find some. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about using some netting or hair nets, but then it's the chemicals. You don't want to deal with that. So the cheesecloth is a food 
grade product, so it's perfect. You can keep it in there for weeks or whatever you want to do, and it just switches from one to one to another, and it works out great. Uh, but my next question with the uh, fermentation is, uh, this is natural fermentation, but what is, could you or would there be any benefit to adding, like, through the beginning stage or mid or when you're about to put in the refrigerator or a week before the refrigerator, a couple of days, whatever, adding, like, a probiotic capsule, like a good grade of probiotic capsule to get the other type of biotics that aren't in the fermentation process in there and let them grow, or is that just not a good idea? You know, it, it depends. It can be a good idea. And there are a lot of people that always use a starter culture when they ferment. I, I, I tend not to just because I, I don't feel like ordering it, having it around. And I have great luck with just salt and water. But I, I've played around with some of the starter cultures. One of the downsides that I have found to them is that they tend to make the food a little mushier and softer faster. So, you know, especially if you're going to be putting them in the truck and you're going to be holding them at room temperature for weeks, they, they will continue to ferment and they'll get softer and softer. And, and if you add a culture, that'll happen even faster. So, you know, you can play well, around. put them in the refrigerator. Yeah, well, if they're refrigerated, that'll help. Uh, so, yeah, you can play around with that. Okay. You can even... You know, I, I've shown people how you can take homemade mayonnaise, which really only lasts about four or five days in the refrigerator, take the clear liquid off of, you know, real high-quality yogurt, stir it in there, and let it sit on the counter for 12 hours. Now you have probiotic mayonnaise. And you can do that with different probiotic capsules, too. So um, you can find a lot of good resources for that online. There are some fermentation forums that get really into that and tell you how to do it. Yeah, that's, I did read a little bit about it, and it's just there's so many, you know, uh, different opinions. Right. That, and there's no real clear answer. And, and, and you know, I don't know. I'll tell you, there's so no clear answer. There's no clear answers anywhere about this, and, and I'll explain why. One, there's, you know thousands of strains of bacteria and we don't even know what most of them do on their own much less what happens when you combine a hundred of them in our gut we we have learned a little bit more you know which species are absolutely friendly which are absolutely bad but that's a very, very small percentage of all the bacteria. Most of them we don't know much about. We also don't know how much of any of the bacteria we consume actually makes it to our large intestine. That's why... And that's what I, that was what I was reading, too, is the probiotics, you know, you take pill capsule form, you know, first it's got to break down that little capsule thing, and then... By the time it does that, does, does the acid in your stomach just kill it all? And, it and, can. And, and, and only a little bit gets in there? It, and, it, it, you know, it just... Yep. It, so there, there, yeah. are, there are different forms of delivering it. So they can make capsules that don't dissolve in your stomach acid. They dissolve farther down in the digestive. There are certain strains of bacteria that can survive your stomach acid. We, we're just still learning a lot of this stuff. That's why you're probably not going to find any real clear answers. 
Uh, that's kind of uh, interesting to say that because a few weeks ago, Sarah recommended a book for you. I, re- I, I listened to that book too as well, Superhuman Organism. Yes. You got to check it out. It, it, it is. Uh, it is. It's a it's a mind changing book. The whole perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. No question. Good stuff. And and you know it's exciting. We are still learning a lot of this stuff. This is brand new. Um, cutting edge, you know, Kim, the, the whole digestive system, it, it's almost like, mm-hmm. where, where have we been? How, how do we not know this stuff? But, mm-hmm. but we don't right. yet. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing what they're discovering. Like you said, isn't it interesting with how, how wise of a society, per se, you know, is, and then we're discovering the very basics of who we all are, you know, just how they did with the genes and DNA and all that. Crazy. Yeah, it, you know, we've been fermenting foods for a very, very long time, and, and I, I have to believe that it, it persevered in a lot of societies because they knew there were benefits. They didn't understand why, but, you know, fermented mm-hmm. fermented milk products, fermented, most traditional societies had some form of a fermented food, whether it was dairy or vegetables, kimchi, cabbage, pickles, all of those things. And, and unfortunately, we commercialized them all and without knowing it wiped out all of the benefits. And now there's this huge yeah. movement to go back to those um, traditional ways. One of the, the really interesting books we read in the NTA course was Nourishing Traditions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a fabulous one. And it's funny, I used to keep that up at my desk, and I, when we moved, I like moved that to the kitchen because I just want to dive through that and yeah. see my family from it. Absolutely. All right, let's get to a break. We're going to come back. We're going to get right to more of your calls and questions. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We're down to the final segment. I'm going to get right back to the phone calls. We're going to go north of the border. Wendy, welcome to the program. Hi. What can I help you with today? I'm calling with some questions actually regarding, um, I'm, I'm kind of wondering what the optimal thyroid levels are. Um, I've had some multiple problems in the past two years, actually, with a lot of things, and they've been testing my thyroid. Um, Going to the doctor, they do the blood work, they come back, they say it's normal. 
And I'm just wondering if, like, I've got my numbers. I'm wondering if you guys could help me out with knowing if, is it normal or is it optimal or? So um, I'm kind of curious if the blood work is coming back normal. And, and I don't always trust the blood work on thyroid. The most scales that we're looking at and, and most doctors aren't looking at thyroid levels correctly anyway. But if they're coming back normal, then we know they're not way out of whack. What is the indication then that, that you have thyroid issues? I mean, what, what led you to believe that you needed to start looking at thyroid? Well, in the past two months, I've been struggling a whole lot with extreme fatigue. Um, I sleep a minimum of three hours during the day every day, plus at nighttime. Um, I've been having a whole lot of, for two years already, a whole lot of really bad night sweats, almost nightly. Okay. Um, the doctors have ruled out other stuff like hormonal stuff, and I guess because I'm kind of at a dead end road with the doctors, I'm trying to kind of find my own way to okay. know. Got it. Yeah, and and I think that's a really Mm -hmm. good idea. And and I'm glad you took the NutriQ because it really helps us. Because clearly the symptoms you just told me could be thyroid. They also could be sugar handling. All those same symptoms can come from poor sugar handling. And if we look at your symptom burden graph, you actually score pretty well on thyroid. So the fact that you scored well on thyroid and your blood tests are showing normal, it doesn't mean we couldn't dig in a little deeper and maybe find some thyroid issues, but I don't think that's really the problem. And that's why we tend to work in a very specific order, and what little bit of thyroid symptoms you're showing, if we fix all the other stuff, they're probably going to go away on their own. But you are actually scoring pretty well okay. in both adrenal, pituitary, and thyroid. They're not horrible. So we wouldn't look at those as the okay. primary problem. We would look at those as the symptoms of another problem. And one of the things that can kind of wreak havoc with our hormones is poor sugar control. And I, I think that's really what's going on because on sugar handling, you're virtually off the charts. You're also off the charts on essential fatty acids, and hormones are created from fatty acids. If, if we are deficient in fatty acids, we're going to have hormone problems. So you have two big indicators that your, your hormone issues are only a symptom, not really the problem. So have an underlying issue. Exactly. So we would address one digestion because you're also showing very high on liver gallbladder, and the liver performs 500 functions in the body. So if the liver's not functioning optimally, we're going to have other problems. So we would focus on digestion and blood sugar. And that would mean that we would, you know, do some gut healing and, and give you some digestive enzymes and supplements till we get the gut fixed and recommend a very low-carb ketogenic diet for a while until we get blood sugar under control. And, and you're, what you're facing right here is we, really common. This is the most common scenario we deal with. We have to fix somebody's digestion. We have to get their blood sugar under control. And then almost everything else fixes itself. Okay. 
we have been, um, my husband and I and our family and in our house, we have been starting, like, in the last two months, we've been, like, we can't just do the direct, whoa, now today we're ketogenic, right? So yeah. my husband listens to your show nightly, and he drives trucks, so he's suggesting this. So we are trying to do the ketogenic. Um, ease into it is what we're trying to do. Yeah, and that's fine. That that's there's um, nothing wrong with doing it that way. But looking at your charts, I would say we we would not focus on thyroid or hormonal. We would focus on digestion and blood sugar, and the hormones are going to fix themselves. Okay. I, it, it, would okay. I be Would there's I be correct? On a- would Would I be correct to say that you have probably eaten what would be considered low fat for a, quite a while? Yes, I did a weight loss program seven years ago, I suppose it was now. I have lost, I lost 50 pounds at the time, and I've kept it off. But we're struggling a little bit now because now that was low fat. Now this is high fat, right? Correct. And, and the, I, I can tell, I don't even know you, I've never talked to you before, but I, I was 99% sure you've been on a low fat diet because it's what's causing all of these problems. If you take if when you take fat out of the diet, you have to replace it with something. Protein st- tends to stay about the same on a low-fat diet. What happens is when you're not eating the fat, you're eating the carbs. You, you got to eat something, and fat gives food flavor, uh. and and so does sugar. So every low-fat product is loaded with sugar, and that's what's killing everybody. It's why your digestion's not working properly anymore because it hasn't had to digest fat, so it doesn't even know how anymore. But fat is critically important to our health. We have to have it. And like I said, hormones are built from fat and cholesterol. If you go low fat, low cholesterol, you are guaranteed to have hormonal issues. Okay. Another question. Um, That makes complete sense. But my next question would be, if they've done an A1C on the blood work, is that is then your blood sugar or is that something completely different? No, A1C is your blood sugar, but there's a problem with it. By the time A1C shows a problem, it's way too late. And here's why. Once you understand this, it makes sense. We could, you know, like diabetics do, and I do it all the time, and I'm not a diabetic, with a $30 device, we can stick our finger and know what our blood sugar is at any minute. Um, And I recommend people do that. But it changes. It's all over the board, all day long. It changes constantly. A1C is an easy way to look at the last 30 days average blood sugar. The pro- and that sounds like a great thing. Oh, I take one test and I can see what the average is. The problem is, long before you become diabetic, you start having blood sugar swings. So we eat these high-carbohydrate foods, our blood sugar spikes way up, then our body tries to compensate by releasing a lot of insulin, and our blood sugar goes way low. So... What happens if I take a bunch of high numbers and a bunch of low numbers and I average them? I come up with a number that looks pretty good, right? It's right in the middle, right? It looks good. But it's not good because we've, uh. we've been spiking really high when we eat and then we've been dropping really low. And both of those are bad. But if we average them, then it looks good. 
by the time the A1C actually stays elevated and we're not having much of the low blood sugar anymore, that's the indication that we're diabetic. But the test has never shown us that. So that's where the A1C is a really lousy way to check for diabetes. We should be checking our blood sugar constantly if we think we're diabetic. Now, once you go a true low-carb keto diet, you can kind of forget it anymore. This fixes it every time. Oh, okay. Okay, well, that makes sense. I was, as I said, we've been trying to ease into, like, we got two kids in the house, so they're not really liking us too much at the moment. So we're easing into the keto idea. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what? You, you will get but, better um, at it. There are more and more, you know, foods. I don't want to really say convenience foods, but there are some that are starting to hit the market that are pretty good. It, and the goal would be to really look for foods that the kids would like especially, because I know what it's like having kids. It, you know, chicken wings it can be very keto. Um, you know, lots of ribs. It, there are lots of foods that kids would love that we've actually stayed away from. I mean, you, you could do fried chicken, um, and it can be keto, and it can be no grain. So the, the goal would be to, and I agree, easing into it, especially with the family, is a good idea. Start seeking out the foods you really mm-hmm. love that are keto, and focus on those and not focus so much on what you can't have. And that, that's what we all tend to do. We all say, oh, I can't have pasta, I can't have bread. Well, there are lots of things that I love that I eat all the time now. So you're on the right track. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep calling us. Uh, we'll help you out whenever you want. And congratulations on getting started as a family. We'll be right back. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford. I didn't realize, Kim. Are we done? Was that segment four? I think um, it... Well, we just we we lost one call, <laughs> um, so that was all the calls that we had coming in. Yeah. Oh uh, well, I think we're out of time. Um, I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, if that it's, was... it's yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> my God, that went fast. Um, all right, I guess we're it done sure for did. the day. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, don't forget. Um, we will do this again next week. Check out the store. We do have the new Zonulin test in there. If you're on this recording, you are the absolute first ones to hear about it. Uh, so head on over and check that out. If you think you have leaky gut, you probably do. We can now identify whether you have it, what, um, how bad or, or not bad it might be, and then we can help you fix it. Um, I guess that's going to do it. Thanks, Kim. Thanks, Kevin. All right. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye.